As I sit here on the front porch on a Wednesday morning with my puppy dog, I wonder how many of you have dreamed of leaving the 9 to 5 to work from home and create a more integrated life for yourself. That's what Michelle Hagopian did 22 years ago. She left her corporate job and started a business that is thriving today. And she's going to share with us how she does it. So grab your glass of wine, make sure your girlfriends are near, and join us. So Michelle Hagopian, we are not drinking wine because it's 11 o'clock in the morning as we record this. But, you know, we have talked about doing this for a while because we're so like-minded in wanting to help women find who they are and um, create new paths for themselves like you did, right. ending a corporate career and starting your own business. So tell our listeners right now the background of Michelle. Where did you start in your career life and what was that looking like when you made a change? Well, I, I worked at Corporate America and the level that I left before I became an entrepreneur was I worked in an aviation fuel supplier's office as their operations manager. Mm -hmm. So I managed the home office, which was fairly large, I'd say about 60 employees. Mm -hmm. And then we had satellite offices all over the United States. So basically, I was the purchasing agent for all of those offices and the home office. I was the human resources person. I also did... um, office management. So anything that needed to be purchased or or changed or anything like that, I had to do that. So basically, wow. I was the it girl for any problem that came up that didn't have to do with sales or fixing trucks. And actually, I take that back. I was actually um being a purchasing agent, I had to approve anything mechanical that was being done to vehicles. Yeah. And I also was the truck driver supervisor. So it was. You did touch every aspect of the business. I really did, except for sales. How did you manage your priorities with that many different channels of responsibility? Well, at first I was really overwhelmed because I had never, you know, been in that atmosphere before. I had always worked in corporate, but I came from a legal background. Okay. So for me, being a legal background, human resources was my number one. Right. And that was probably the easiest uh, of the tasks to manage because you just did things like benefits and you handled things as they came up for employees, including hiring and recommendations for clerical support in the office, things like that. Um, So it was really just learning each job function and then literally the prioritizing happened kind of organically. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because a lot of the women that I work with who are in a high level, like a, an operating officer kind of level, have a hard time prioritizing company priorities because you have competing fires all the time. Right. So you just had to it make was, it triage those decisions as they came. Exactly. It was more day to day. And once I got used to the position, it was just, you just learned, you know, what needed to be taken care of first. The truck drivers were probably the easiest to deal with. They just wanted their you know, their paychecks. So I had to review their logs and make sure everything was as it should be and then cut, get the checks cut. So that wasn't that hard. Yeah. 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 I bet that helped you in managing your own priorities. It did. What did your life look like in the corporate days, um, keeping all of the aspects of your life in flow? Meaning my personal life? Personal, professional, spiritual? Well, that's a great question because for me, 
what I was finding in corporate mm -hmm. in that particular environment. Again, I came from a legal background. I, out of all the career choices I had as a younger lady, you know, younger woman, I should say, I was 33 when I left corporate. So I was young. I mean, yeah. to me, that's young. I got married when I was 23, had my first daughter when I was 24, and all I aspired to be was a wife and a mother. I, I knew that I had to support my family at the time, uh -huh. um, but for me, what, I, what kept pulling at my heartstrings was that you can't be everything to everybody and be great at it. Right. You know, so I knew I was a great employee. Um, I, I thought I was a pretty good wife, you know, but I really felt like I was failing my children. Mm. And I, um, I just wanted to be home with them. But financially, we couldn't figure out how that was going to look oh. with me giving up a job. Right. So uh, didn't you end up making that transition, leaving yeah. that operations position? I did. So when my husband and I decided to have our second child, um, you know, we planned her. Uh -huh. It took a little longer than we thought, but I decided that once I had her that I would like to stay home as long as possible. So we started the saving aspect, uh -huh. you know, while I was still in corporate. But then what happened, unbeknownst to me, is stress will... If you're overstressed and you're not managing, like you just asked me, what aspects of my life, physical, spiritual, mental, all of it, your body's going to take you in a different path. And that's what happened to me. I was due to have her on December 14th. And one month before she was due, I, um, I had a rupture. And so Ooh. I just, yeah, I ended up going by way of ambulance to the hospital. And by the time she was born, which was December 3rd, uh, so she was really only about 11 days early. I had lost a total of a, a three units of blood. Oh. And they didn't tell me at the time, but I now today know that that's, for a woman, that's um, like half of your blood volume in your body. And they did talk to me about possibly doing a transfusion, but they said, we're going to send you home. But instead of a six-week maternity leave, I had a 12-week yeah. to build the, the blood back up. Um, my employer begged me to go back to corporate and I told my husband, there's no way. I'm not doing this. So I, I worked, I then went into a different corporate environment. I was working for marketing, a marketing firm, and I was doing that part-time. Still very unhappy. And subsequently, my body during the pregnancy impacted my daughter's body during the birth, and we didn't ah. know it. Her immune system was in the tank, meaning she had pneumonia three times before she was two. Oh, wow. And I finally had a conversation with her pediatrician who said, she cannot be in a daycare setting. I know you only have her there part-time. You've got to stay home with her. Mm. So that kind of led me to think, gosh, how am I going to bring income in here? I was throwing it on my husband's shoulders, right. and he was doing what he could do in his career, but it still wasn't, the money just wasn't there. And subsequently, at the same time, I was having some problems with my skin. And I saw a dermatologist who said, it's the products you're using. And I said, really? And like many products, even still today on the market, those same ingredients are still in there. You yeah. know, the, the mineral oil, the petroleum-based products. So I asked him for a recommendation. He gave me the recommendation. I went to purchase it. And the first ingredient was the one ingredient he said was causing all the problems. No way. Yeah. So... Here, That's crazy. Yeah, so here I had a doctor making a recommendation to go find a different 
you know, brand of products and he didn't even know what he was recommending. Sad. So I stumbled into the, the company that I am with still today. Just doing your research yeah. on how to how to provide better skincare. Correct. Because what we put on our skin goes in our body. Immediately. Yeah. Within 12 seconds into the bloodstream. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I used to freak people out with the statement, if I'm not willing to put it in my mouth, I'm not going to put it on my skin. Yeah. <laughs> that changes things. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point. And yet, you've, you've also learned through this business a whole lot about gut nutrition. Right. Um, how to set up your body for sustainable health and well-being and energy. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So um, what do you find? Um, you've been running your Arbonne business now for how many years? 22 years. 22? Yeah. Your girls are grown. Right. Wow. And um, you have a team mm -hmm. in the area. Um, how do you find that um, people are able to, to balance their, their love for education and the need to sell a product? How, how do they bring that together? Well, I think one of the first ways to bring that together is really become a product of the product. Yeah. You know, you can't, it, it would be very hard, and I would say I couldn't do it. Integrity is everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're not using something that lines up with your values, I don't, I don't know how anybody could sell yeah. that kind of product. So what we teach is to first become a product of the product so that people can experience it. We're not going to ask our clients to do something we're not willing to do ourselves. Right. So that's the first step to that. Yeah. And that usually you know, takes people on the, the road to success right there by doing that. That's yeah. the first step. Absolutely. I love that you drive it back to values, and I did yeah. that on purpose because you know that the, the coaching program that I do with life strategy design is pulling people back around to having real clarity on that purpose right. as a baseline, understanding what your talents are and your gifts, and you build your whole strategy, the course that you take through that. How, in 22 years, you've developed quite a team. How are you keeping other people motivated? What works the best? Well, what, what works the, be the best for motivation, in our company, we really teach personal growth. Yeah. Because, you know, motivation, Donna, can wear off in a few hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, we it's were It's like a, a pill. Right, it is. It's really like a pill. So you can go to a seminar or an event and it's it's so much fun and, and you're really excited about it but if you don't go home and put what you learned into action it's fruitless right so we we always highly recommend staying within that personal growth pattern and so that's that's step number one right staying in da daily activity so even if you um, you know we all in every business this is this is the one thing that I've learned over 22 years I don't care where you work or what you do there's gonna be things that you don't want to do Right, because life's not all just unicorns and rainbows, right? It, it's it's <laughs> really? work, right? It's it's work and it's um, practice, yeah, and putting things into place. So, what what we teach is stay motivated to your goal by doing the daily activity that will get you there. So, identify those top three things every mm -hmm. morning, or maybe top five. Stay in your personal growth, and that that's going to feed you spiritually, professionally, yeah. Um, personally on, on many levels depending on what you're filling your mind with we do a lot of self-talk and affirmations writing out your goals and really focusing on where do you want to be in five years yeah it's not just about today it's 
if, if you keep doing what you're doing, what will your life look like in five years? Or if you want to be somewhere in five years, yeah. what do you need to do today Correct. to get there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is so important uh, that you do that. I even had um, some clients ask if I could write out what my daily rhythms are. So I created this 360 planner sheet. It's almost too much for me to take on in a day. I never make it through an entire day, but it's better to, to set specific goals than to walk aimlessly yeah. through your day. Absolutely. And I always like to, to set that as a tone for any kind of goal setting or planning because it's easy to fail yourself and decide, well, forget it. Right. I might as well just, you know, amble through my existence sure. <laughs> because I never can keep my commitments. We just keep trying again. Right. And I'm sure you've seen people hit goals and then increase their goals and hit more. Right. How do you keep your life in balance in that process? It's one thing to work for a company and keep your life in balance, but when you're building a business, there's really no end to your day. Right. So what I have even most recently done, and it's it's interesting that you were just mentioning this um, system that you just set up, Yeah. is literally you have to find a modality that's gonna work well for you. Yeah. Um, I, I just actually did something just last week. I had a planner and then I had a notepad that I was writing down things and gratitude is huge in our business. Right. So I am, you have to practice self-gratitude every day. You know, what, were, what are you grateful for? How are you ending your day? Um, so what I actually did was I noticed that I was grabbing for the planner, grabbing for the notebook and grabbing for yet again another book. And I said, this is ridiculous. It has to be in one place. Mm -hmm. So I found a planner. So I, I searched it out. You know, what's going to work best for me? Today we have amazing apps on phones. Yeah. Um, we can use phones for all of these things. I love technology when it works for me. But right now I have some other issues that the phone's not the best. So a great big planner. I, I feel like I landed back in my sweet it's spot. It's a paper wrap. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just blocking. I, you have to time block. Yeah. I mean, I heard it and heard it and heard it for years. Yeah. But when you time block and you just say, no, nothing else is getting in this time. Yeah. You know, for me, it's the morning devotionals. It's the personal growth time. That's when, for me, that's when I get all of that done. Yeah. And I feel so good about my, my setup for the day. You get your mindset in the right place. You read your affirmation for where you want your business to be in right. the next six months and maybe the next five years. And then you start your day. And then, you know, in closing for my day, it's all about gratitude. What am I grateful for? Right. And then I go into what are the top three to five things I can do tomorrow that's going to set me up for success? Oh. So it's time blocking, I think, to answer the question. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, I find that doing that on my phone is not the same. Mm -mm. I, it is too easy for me to just ignore it. Or give the time to somebody else. Give the time to somebody else. Yeah. And, and it also creates chaos in my calendar that seems to be contrary to what I'm trying to achieve for my soul. Yeah. When it, the day list looks so full. For sure. I love the idea of time blocking. And another um, thing that somebody pointed out to me is take a look at the appointments you have with people mm -hmm. and be very deliberate about what you hope to accomplish in that conversation. Right. We had an interview to accomplish today. Right. And and you were sharing some good stuff with me, and I have good stuff to share with you before you leave, so don't let me forget. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, the um, 
um, intention that I have now about going into every phone call with a why am I on this call kind of intention has helped me to, to figure out which appointments to accept and not accept yeah, too. For sure. It's so important. So have your girls noticed a difference? Um, they were young when you made the move from corporate to self-employment. Uh, but do you feel like they have sensed um, a, a greater portion of mom um, as you've been working for yourself all these years? Oh, it's a blessing, honestly. Yes, to answer that question. And I, what, what's interesting now is I watch them grow and mature into young women. My oldest is 31. Yeah. And she knows, oh my gosh, everything that mom and dad you know, tried to teach us in terms of values, mom's living it. Yeah. Mom created a lifestyle that she wanted. She didn't just settle. You know, I, can't, I came from a family, I came from a farming community, and there, there can be a tendency if you're not fed maybe, you know, inspiration and think right. bigger, you know, what that might look like. So Good point. Yeah. You're not the first farm child that yeah. I've talked to who found that it'd be easy to just continue on the same path, yeah. this, the that you've inherited. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that path, but you have to take a look at your gifts and yeah. your passions to know if you're in the right place. Right. Too many stories about people who haven't uh, followed their intuition. Yeah. And they end up paying the price for it, really, even in disease, because they're just withholding who they are. And that was really for me with corporate. I mean, the farming, coming from a farming background, amazing values. Hard work, strong work ethic, nice. um, you don't quit until you're done. You know, all of that is, I'm grateful for that training. Yeah. But I didn't fit in on the farm because I was a little person oh. and, and I wasn't strong enough. So it, I knew that wasn't going to be my path. But also um, corporate didn't fit because I didn't feel like a valued, even though I ran so much of it, I didn't feel like I was making a difference in people's lives. Right. So when I found my company... I could make a difference in so many different ways within their lives. Really good point. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a sharp turn because we're yeah. almost done with our allotted time and there's always too much to talk about these things. Right. Um, talking about what's what's good for you and what's not, you know that part of the, the, the whole mechanism for this podcast is the girls are sitting around drinking a glass of wine while they're listening to us. And... The first time we reconnected after several years yeah. and I offered you a glass of wine, you said, no, I'm not drinking wine. I'm like, <gasps> my throat closed up and I thought, I can't imagine. You know what my fear is, Michelle? My fear is one day I'm going to discover that I'm not supposed to drink wine and I think I might have to jump off. No, I'm not going to jump <laughs> off a cliff. But um, it, Tell me a little bit about what you discovered happening in your body when you decided to stop drinking wine and what um, happened afterwards in, that was observable in your energy and health. Right. So I used to drink wine. I loved wine. I would have a glass of wine with dinner. Of course, if we went out, I would have <laughs> wine. And then just literally out of the blue, one, one day I had a couple glasses of wine. I did eat it with seafood. Mm -hmm. This was something that I, I over time tracked. I had uh, calamari with it, and hours later, I woke up. Um, I had gone to sleep, woke up with excruciating abdominal pain, sw 
sweat just pouring off of me as if I had been running on a treadmill for an hour and my heart was pounding and I was literally gonna pass out had I not got on the floor. And no, it wasn't from the amount of wine I consumed. Right. It, this was hours after you would have metabolized it. Yeah. Um, and I basically would have to get down on the ground where it was cold and get my wrists on the ground, get my face on the ground. And so after this happened repeatedly, I, you know, I noticed the seafood. With I, different food. With different food. I took the seafood out. Um, it still continued to happen. And I thought, well, gosh, this is just odd. So I eliminated it because of the sheer pain and and the, the heart pounding. I mean, literally, my heart was jumping out of my chest. You could hear it. Oh yeah, in and your I'm, ears. I'm a runner, and mm-hmm. it was worse than being on a treadmill. Right. Um, I did talk to a cardiologist. He actually said I was flatlining. He huh. said those are the symptoms of someone that's flatlining, and I suggest you not drink wine. You you probably have an allergy to it. Did he explain what was going on in your body with the wine? Um, no, but I did see another physician after that, and the answer that I got was, your pancreas, this is too much sugar that comes in through the wine, and your body's just not metabolizing that sugar effectively, so it's almost like a pancreatic overload, kind of like got I it. would imagine what a diabetic would maybe uh-huh. go through, and I'm not diabetic, and I'm not hypoglycemic. Right. So my your pancreas, pancreas was on overload. Yeah, completely. You know, I've, I've called that... Um, the uh, liver detox, that that um, inc- rapid heart rate and the um, body heat mm-hmm. uh, happening for me somewhere between 12 and 1, and only when I've had more than two glasses of wine. Oh. But I understand, I have to seek cold. <laughs> I, I will go outside and stand outside until I cool off, or I'll go stand by the window in yeah. front of the fan. And it um, horrifies me because I never want to hear that I can't have wine. I know. But I have started uh, playing with different wine from different regions. And as you know, um, uh, I know you had to miss the first wine and yoga retreat that we yeah. had in March. And it just broke your heart. I know. But you're going to get to come to another one. You I will. Um, one thing that, uh, that we learned is that so many people have had reactions to wine. And... Um, in the whole realm of wine education, we decided to uh, fold into the retreat instead of just talking about wine tasting regions in terms of agriculture uh, and and winemakers in terms of their stories. We're also weaving in how winemakers are making decisions about what pesticides mm-hmm. to use, whether or not to add additional nitrites. You know that you. Uh, sulfites. I keep saying that the wrong word. <laughs> We're not talking about sausages here. <laughs> when to add um, additional sulfites and why they do that. And I think that plays into our education on what we're actually allergic to mm. in a wine. Because uh, I will have that nighttime, what I call the liver detox, which might actually be my pancreas now that you oh, tell me. Right. Um, but when I have that, I'm usually drinking a lower quality, uh, heavier wine. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't want to compete with wine tasting, um, terms or get anybody angry if I say the wrong thing. Sure. But the heavier blends with a jammy consistency skyrocket that reaction in my body. If I go and get a wine from the Bordeaux region, or the Burgundy region, I have a very different 
reaction. Hmm. And also from other regions within California, South Africa. So it's not even specific to a country. It's really, I think, specific to a vineyard and a winemaker's approach. So all that to say, I'm just curious. I'm asking people their stories because, not because I want the whole world to have their wine, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense what you're telling me. And oddly enough, just in this discussion, I found that olive oil, which, you know, I could go off on a tangent uh-huh. about olive oil. You have to look for completely organic. Yeah. But I found that the only olive oil I can consume is from Spain. Spain. Okay. Yeah. So if I do Italy, I get a stomachache. Well, and I've also heard, um, I have not tested this myself, that some of the olive oils that say bottled in Italy are not actually grown in Italy. Right. And um, I still want to research the Spain, but I think it really has to do with, again, where does it come from? How do they treat their vines, their trees? Olive oils, olives come from trees. I I knew that. (laughs) But it's the same thing. We're talking exactly about the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Which comes down to formulation. Right. Which is what my company does. So you've actually got me excited that I may be able to have some wine again if we can just figure it out. (laughs) I'm here to to, to make sure that the world can have the wine that they deserve. Well, I I hope that, that that opens something up for you and our listeners. I'm not trying to say that we should drink more wine. In fact, I am modifying the amount of wine that I'm drinking because I always want to make sure that I'm enjoying it as um, something that I'm doing with a friend or uh, as an accompaniment to food and never something that I need. Right. It's like a gift. It's a gift. And I'm not saying I never drink alone because sometimes when I'm reading a wine magazine, I like to be drinking wine at the same time. (laughs) It's kind of a special thing. But I think... Things in moderation where we use self-control it just really makes a big difference. And I think learning more about where our wine comes from, where our olives come from, where any of our food comes from right. can unlock some of the awful allergies that we're facing, mostly in America because of regulations. Well, and I'll leave you with my story on this. You just said it again. Um, it was only through self-discovery. My daughter, my youngest daughter and I were both on an, an inhaler twice a day for asthma. Um, you know, we're talking everyday maintenance inhalers. Yeah. And that was back uh, probably 12 years ago, I'm guessing. Um, I finally started thinking, gosh, I'm going to start paying attention to this GMO thing. And I dropped anything that was not an organic food source. Nice. And we no longer, we have not had asthma in all these years. And what's the big difference? Yeah. organic food yeah so you're everything we're talking about is coming full circle so again I'm really excited you're gonna help me find wine <laughs> that is uh, you know in my my goal in in what we do at the retreat mm-hmm. is uh, we don't talk about any one method that yeah. everyone needs to subscribe to I just sure. don't believe that's possible or necessary right. everyone has to know themselves and I teach self-awareness mm-hmm. and I provide lots of options and lots of education so people can then create a strategy to have the wine, to have pasta or bread or whatever you really love and don't want to deprive yourself sure. in full knowledge of what you can eat and what you can't. That's great. I love that. Oh boy. This is fun to talk about and I know uh, we'll get on again and we'll, we'll uh, find something else to talk about next time because we love to see 
women living their lives the the full experience of what we can uh, have access to. Sure. That's so much fun. Thanks for joining me today. You're so welcome. Oh, you know what? Tell us how to reach Michelle. If somebody wants to learn more about how to take care of their face or how to take care of um, vitamins and, and other other things that can help sure. increase their health. So yeah, we are, um, I'll just say that we're the leading brand for healthy living inside and out. And my personal website is michellehagopian.arbon.com. And you can also just look that up in the in the show notes right there in the podcast to get that link. Because yeah. Hagopian is not an everyday word. <laughs> no. I bet you have to respell that all the time. I do. Constantly. So check the show notes, check the Facebook page, and you'll get access to her stuff. Well, Michelle, thanks so much. You're we welcome. will do this again. Thank you, Donna. I'm so glad you took the time to have a glass of wine with the girls today. I hope you found something that you can take back into your life that moves you from surviving to thriving in your workday and every day. If you love the conversation here, you might like to get on my mail list. Just go to 360lifestrategies.com and sign up. Heck, check out the blog or the retreats page if the subject caught your attention. There are other places where we can hang out. You need strategies for your everyday life? Look up 360 Life Strategies on Facebook or Pinterest where you can find my wine palace. Or suit your soul with everyday inspiration on Instagram at Donna Carlson 360. I hope you'll come again, bring a friend, and let us know what you think of this podcast. Heck, if you'll take 30 seconds and rate us now, we can keep bringing you strategies that make work in life work for you. Until next time. Thank you.